The men in the boarding house have started calling Emile a sap. They greet him with kissing noises as they stumble down to breakfast, heavy with hangover on a Sunday morning. It is the time Emile reserves for writing to Isabel. While church bells ring for the faithful and his companions snore in their beds, it is his holy hour and everyone knows it. And if ever a boisterous backslap from one of the fellows should cause Emile to smudge or blot, they'll share a smoke later to show they're sorry. She must be some woman, they say. And Emile grins and tells them she is, although recently the effort of doing so makes his face ache. It has been four months with no word, and Isabel is not the kind of woman who mislays addresses or who gives up on a thing because other people don't like it. They are the same that way, she and him. Nonetheless, the other evening, in a saloon in Gastown, Emile had found himself swept up into a little more than just conversation with a girl who would have made his mother tut. Lips, ladybird red, tatty lace shawl, prone to slippage, glimpses of bare freckled skin. He had bought her drinks, flirted a little, but when, from under the table, her hand crept like a small creature across his thigh, Emile moved away, feeling a rush of shame, as if Isabel herself was standing there silently observing. Now it is September, and he has been in Vancouver a year. He wakes to the screech of freight trains and the smell of frying bacon. He walks through streets alive with unfathomable languages, Chinese, Japanese, Russian. His job at the dairy pays 35 a month, with a few dimes extra when he plays his accordion in bars for tips. His boss calls him Mike because he says his last name is too fancy and his first doesn't suit him. No one has heard of the tiny island in the channel that he used to call home. This is the new life the advertisements promised. But the sky isn't as blue as he remembers from the posters, and he's not ready to leave the city for a homestead in Saskatchewan or Manitoba just yet. Not with winter around the corner, and his savings still lower than he'd like. On the day it happens, a day that will vibrate like a chord across the years ahead. It is Emile's first week on the night shift, and he cannot sleep. His body protests at being coerced into lying in bed like an invalid when it's light outside, and he is in the worst of humours when six o'clock comes and it's time for him to rouse himself. The streetcar he takes to the east side is cramped and noisy. A baby screams relentlessly. There is an altercation between two men on his right, and the air is blue with cursing. He steps on an elderly woman's foot, and when he apologises, she regards him suspiciously and mutters something about foreign types having no manners, and she doesn't know what kind of place Vancouver is turning into. His head aches. He feels soiled with the city, and at that moment, there is nothing Emile longs for more than to be sitting on the bank of pebbles at port in Bay, with the sound of the sea sieving through shingle and just a few oyster catchers for company.